0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by laughing to yourself and refusing to tell Zach what's so funny. <laughs> what's funny, Frank? Uh, Not no, you. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get it. No,
1: no, no. I, <laughs> I, I, I
0: could get it. Tell me. Uh, no, Zach, Zach, it's just... No, it's just, no. Nah, nah, no, really. Bye. I can get it, please. <laughs> I want to know. Oh, man. I just can't believe it.
1: Only in a world this shitty could you even try to say these were innocent people and keep a straight face. But that's the point we see a deadly sin on every street corner in every home and we tolerate it we tolerate it because it's common it's it's trivial we tolerate it morning noon and night well not anymore i'm setting the example
0: hello ladies and gentlemen my name is frank I'm Zach. and today on roll the cat blah blah blah, blah on <laughs> roll da, the da, da, podcast <laughs> we are doing 7. Yay. What a good good detective movie.
1: Yeah, I I love this film. I've seen it a few times beforehand before this and every time it's one of those movies where it's like you know the ending and you don't care that you know it because yeah. it's still so good. Yeah.
0: I watched this with my girlfriend, and this was her first time seeing it, and she was, like, fucking engaged, like, incredibly engaged, and I was like, wow, like, look at you, know, look at you enjoying <laughs> good movies. <laughs> you know what's going on yeah. here.
1: Um, so, Zach, give us the rundown of who's in it. Okay. That was very serious. <laughs> so, we are doing Seven today. Huh. Came out in 1995, directed by David Fincher. Third David Fincher movie. Yeah. Look at us go. You have... Brad Pitt, who plays David Mills in this. You have Morgan Freeman, who plays Detective William Somerset. You have Kevin Spacey, the main antagonist, who plays John Doe. Mm -hmm. You have Gwyneth Paltrow, who plays (laughs) Tracy Mills. And you have R. Lee Ermey, who plays the police captain. I threw him in there just because, like, you know... Why not? Um, Full Metal and, Jacket. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, and, you know, basically, if you don't know what Seven is about, it's uh, it's a detective film about two detectives tracing or trying to find a serial killer who is committing murders that are all based on the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what the entire film is. And it's awesome. It's a cat and mouse game. It's, yeah. it's just them chasing uh, John Doe. And boy, oh boy, is it great. It is. I love
1: the gore in this movie yeah because they do not shy as soon as you see gluttony you're like shit i know what i'm in (laughs) gluttony is rough yeah
0: um yeah so i mean it's such a great film i think it's a great intro i i I think that this might be fincher's best in my opinion i think that this is brad pitt's worst performance Yeah, I think that Brad Pitt in this movie, his
1: acting is like so noticeably bad. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing is like as I'm watching this because you see the dynamic of Somerset and Mills Mm -hmm. and Mills's character. I don't know if this was like Brad Pitt's choice or like this was David Fincher's choice on like how he acts, but like. It's such a cliche, like, I'm not by the books, I'll do it anyway, I have to do it, whatever, I'm reckless and wild, and I'm younger than you. Yeah, yeah. And it was so cliche that, like, I got to the point, like, halfway through it, I was like, oh my god, like, I know what happens, but, like, if this was my first time watching it, I'm expecting you to get, like, mortally wounded, (laughs) just so in that way you can learn and become humble. Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: I, 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 that's more of like a character than, I, in my opinion, like my issue with Brad Pitt, which is just I think that his acting is genuinely not good in this movie. Like, it's not the best. It's not like, the, it's like the highlight of it is when when he's at uh in the desert. Yes, and he's just like, oh god.
1: Oh God which What's even, in the box Which and
0: even I, that Was kind of like uh, No it's rough It's just like yeah. Dude that looks like, That just seems so bad Like yeah. it's just not good I don't know Like you could tell like, It seemed like Brad Pitt Was very uncomfortable Like whenever the cameras Were rolling Like you could tell That he was an actor Delivering lines Yeah And just surprised me that because like it's just not that's not usually the case with him. He's usually like you know I would consider Brad Pitt like uh, for our generation of actors like a he's great actor. yeah, yeah yeah like he's like one of the best. But it's just I don't know. There's just something about the, the, the way that he was acting in that movie. That it just was really done very poorly.
1: Well, that's why like I want to look up too, and see like when did this come out? This was '95,
0: like- and this is not by any means like his first film. Like this isn't like he he had okay. he, you know he had like a good amount of movies under his belt. It was just.
1: I don't know. Maybe it was just a weird year for him. I don't know what it was. I was gonna say because like Fight Club came out like four years after this, yeah. so like he's seasoned at Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know like what had happened like beforehand. Not good though. I mean, he did an interview of a vampire, and that wasn't a bad performance no, from him. No, no. And that was around this time frame. Yeah, him, so I don't know. Like,
0: like it's just just a really interesting, weird,
1: noticeable performance from Brad Pitt. You know what's even weirder though? Morgan Freeman laughing. <laughs> his teeth (laughs) not even so like just the way that he laughed like when he's at dinner with them yeah it's so weird because i'm so (laughs) used to like morgan freeman just being like this stoic person always yeah and to have him like just crack a joke and (laughs) laugh i was like oh wow i'm thrown off by you (laughs) um
0: yeah so anyway let's get into it though i I absolutely adore this movie just because. So I think that Dave, I think that Fincher was trying to recreate this film when he did Zodiac. Mm-hmm. So that had uh, what's his name, Jake Gyllenhaal, and that's all oh, about yeah, the yeah, Zodiac yeah. killer and like trying to find the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. But like, there's something about that movie that I just find utterly just boring. Like mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just feel like he was trying to recreate a detective film and it just didn't work out very well. Um, he made a girl with a dragon tattoo, the American version, which I think is a decent enough, like another kind of like detective film. Um, but yeah, so like, I think that this is kind of like him at his best. Uh, I think this movie is shot beautifully. You can, you can tell, I don't know if you noticed, I don't know how you watched it but they made a very they made a very a they made a very interesting <laughs> choice of not putting Kevin Spacey's name in the in the uh credits when the movie starts because mm-hmm. it's it was kind of like you're not you weren't supposed to know who this serial killer was and Kevin Spacey at the time was like really big so it's yeah. like you don't you don't want to like have everybody know that so i could imagine back in 95 like when people in theater when it finally is revealed that it's Kevin Spacey everyone was like oh my god yeah like oh fuck yeah. there he is yeah but i don't know if you noticed but in the opening credits and i'm not sure if you've ever actually watched uh, American Horror Story yes I wrote that but, in my notes yeah you could very tell very reminiscent it, that you could tell that they very much in, like were inspired by uh, this film that's why like even so much as like the sound of like the, w-
1: the yeah 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 it's, sound like, the noises
0: how they, how they like cut it all together and everything oh, it's man. very much I'm inspired by i I'm so happy that Seven. you noticed that too because yeah.
1: I was sitting there and I was I, I literally said to Jess I was like what does this remind you of? Yeah, and she was like, I don't know, like Barney. <laughs> she was like, I don't know, X Files. Like, you're stupid. American Horror Story. Get out of my house. <laughs> Go live on the streets. Uh, yeah. So
0: uh, I'm glad that you picked it up too, though. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it just kind of shows you like how influential this movie is. Um, and then you know, the I thought I think it's a very interesting tale. Of two detectives chasing somebody who is committing these crimes based off of the seven deadly sins, yes. and I think that you probably have—I feel like this at least movie, three of those no, sins. No, no, no. <laughs> but just like because you were like so steeped in like Catholicism when you were a kid, like mm-hmm. it's pro- like I feel like this movie probably like affects people like that, like maybe even a little bit more.
1: No, not really. No?
0: Yeah. I would imagine that it would, just because of, like...
1: I'm not that Catholic.
0: (laughs) Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, you were raised on it. So, like, you know so much about, like, the seven deadly sins and and whatnot. And, like, I think that we we probably could do a character study of John Doe. Probably. You know what I mean? Because he's got this... this, Aura around him. Oh, God, he's so good. Oh. It's, I mean... It's
1: Kevin Spacey, too. He's the best. Yeah. And
0: I'm, like, I'm so upset of, like, his whole, like, what happened Mm -hmm. in the past few years. But, like... The man is just so fucking good. Mm -hmm. Like, him as John Doe, when you finally meet him and he's sitting, like, in the cop car or when he he shows up to the police station.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Just, like, him... The whole thing of him turning himself in is insane because you have this... You have it at this point where it's an hour and 12 minutes in and... Mills and Somerset are just going back and forth trying to find, like, any piece of the puzzle to find out who it is. Mm -hmm. And then you have John Doe fucking with them because he is the guy that took the picture of them when they were checking out the apartment area. Mm -hmm. And then he was also the guy who had the shootout with Mills and put the gun to his temple and then decided, nah, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. Because he had a plan. Yeah. So... The biggest thing, too, is, and I've I've said this before, that when you have an incredible villain in a story, it's because you almost sympathize with them and realize why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And when you sit there and the light bulb goes off and you're like, this makes sense, I get it, why he's thinking like this. Yeah, That's when you have a great villain. Mm -hmm. And this was the first instance in my life that I was like, this is what a villain is. Mm Mm-hmm. John Doe is the epitome of it, where he literally tells them his entire plan and the reason for it. Yeah. And it makes sense. It does. (laughs) Because he's doing this because the world is so fucked up yeah. and we're sitting there and we're like, yeah, the world's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can agree. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, when he, when he starts describing
0: like the reason why he killed like the prostitute and, and, you know, like because she's like, you know, spreading diseases and stuff like that. And I mean, he really shines a light on how grotesque the world can be, you know? And I mm-hmm. think that this movie, I think that that's kind of, the point of why Fincher decided to show so much of the gore and mm-hmm. so much of the dead bodies and all that because you're you're in John Doe's world mm-hmm. you're not you're not in the nice part you're not like secluded in your house listening to music and just like you're having your family time like no 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 you're seeing the worst aspects of humanity and you know when you really see the type of man that he is when they when they kick open the door and and they and they find the guy who was like strapped to the bed for like a year and yes. being kept alive and you realize that John Doe is not only a serial killer but he's doing this because he believes that he's doing it for like a, like a more righteous reason mm-hmm. and he thinks that he's doing God's work yes and for him to keep that man alive and then, like, photograph him, like... Every day, pretty much. Yeah, and, like, show, slowly, like, sl- um, show the deterioration of the man. I mean, that at that point in the film, you're realizing just the type of person that he is. And you're just like, okay, like,
1: this is not a...
0: Uh, <laughs> this is not just a normal serial killer. No, no. Like, no. He, th- he really legitimately thinks that he's doing God's work.
1: And that's why, too, like, even with Pride... Mm-hmm. the the model yeah I think that's like a really good study of like how he was because he literally had it where it's like this woman he cut off her nose and put a picture of like what she looked like before yeah right in front of her and literally gave her the choice of here's a bottle of pills You can either take them and die beautiful, or you can, here's a phone, you can call the cops, but you'll be disfigured for the rest of your life. Yeah. And the fact that the woman chose the pills showcases almost what his intentions were and how it almost seems righteous in his mind. Yeah, I
0: completely agree. Mm
1: -hmm. I think that... um,
0: you know, just it's just such an interesting character. He's like John Doe is by far like one of my favorite uh villains, I guess, mm-hmm. that you would in, in movie history. I just he's just so um, methodical and intelligent, and and he's just he's just one of those characters that sticks with you. And ironically, he doesn't really have that much screen
1: time. No, he has maybe ten minutes. Yeah, 15 like he, minutes? he doesn't have that much
0: screen time, but that's just. How good of a performance Kevin Spacey delivers and just how well written his character was exactly um but yeah, I think that Fincher or I guess I don't I'm actually not entirely sure of who actually wrote this um, Andrew Kevin Walker I guess is the guy who wrote this and he made a really interesting choice to have the villain just give himself up yes, you know because like, that's such it, it, it's it's so. Clum- like, that's like the climax, mm-hmm. but it's also so anticlimactic, but it's also just like, if it's your first time watching it,
1: you're like, oh shit, here's the movie. It's crazy. Like, yeah. like
0: it's it's like, it, it just really throws you for like a complete loop because he's literally covered in blood because mm-hmm. he just killed, well when yeah. of Paltrow and, and and what he did to uh you know yes. to everybody so like he's covered in all the blood and like you said like the the detectives are just talking about like what are they going to do they're like trying to figure it out and it's just done in a way that's like so realistic because it, it the the reveal is just amazing like yeah. like you see you see his feet like walking out of the taxi and then you see a little bit of the blood behind him and then it's just like detectives detectives and then he just screams like detectives yeah. he's like i believe you're looking for me and then they like pull their guns out and he's, they're like, get the fuck on the ground and all yeah. that. It's just, it's truly amazing, but it, it just takes away all the power yes. from the detectives. like Because
1: they were literally the night before in the library, trying to figure out more shit on the seven deadly sins and paradise Lost and Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Just try and get like a clue of what's going to happen next. Yeah. And for them to come in and kind of be like, okay, fresh start today. And him just walk in. <laughs> like you said, it takes the steam right out of them. Yeah, and like, it shows again, like, who's really in control with this. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just such a fantastic
0: introduction to mm-hmm. John Doe. And then, you know, again, you have, like, the amazing scenes of of, hi- of of him, like, in the car, driving and giving his big, long speech. Oh, it's my favorite <laughs> scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think mine is probably, like, the
1: ending ending when when With the Ernest Hemingway's uh, quote or Well,
0: that but ju- no no no, like like I guess more like in the desert. Like when when mm-hmm. the package gets delivered yes. and all that. I mean, it's just so iconic. It's just such an iconic Did scene. Did that guy
1: run like back 2 miles No. Well,
0: No, I don't know cuz like what oh, no, the Freeman was like yeah, up, he was like, like in pick the helicopter. Him up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they give him a ride back into town. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh the only complaint I not even a complaint. The only thing that I found kind of like this doesn't match up. Mhm. Was for the first half of the film, Somerset, he's going into retirement in like seven days. So he's like, whatever, I'm not going to take any One last case. job. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to take any cases. And then this falls into his lap. And then he gets Mills as a new partner. And mm-hmm. Mills is so brash mm-hmm. right out of the gate. And he's like i'm done I'm, I'm washing my hands clean of it yeah but then he goes he and spends going. the night yeah. and like looks at stuff in the library and then leaves the package on his on mill's desk yeah and then the next day is like you can have my desk i'm just gonna type everything mm-hmm. and then they get a clue and it's like all right i guess let's go yeah but then he's still like no nah, i'm not a part of this yeah yeah and it's like i i get it like for the first couple of minutes, that's what, who your character is. Yeah. But you're in it now. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, just he, admit that you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm getting pissed off that you're not admitting it. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like he just doesn't want to get involved. But it's, it, it would be like, I guess, I don't know. Like, I've watched enough fucking TV shows with cops and whatever that every cops and, like, detectives always say, like, there's always, like, that one job that mm-hmm. they have that, like, either never got solved and or, or if it does get solved, it still just, like, eats away at them. And this would have been... Or I guess this probably is that one job, yeah. And and he just you you just can't help but like pull yourself back. It can't you know mm. you're just always gonna get pulled back to it just all the time. When I thought I was out. <laughs> they pulled me back in. Yeah, uh, it's a, it, it is kind of like cliche, mm-hmm. but I don't know. There's just something so endearing about this film because, I mean, this movie is borderline a horror movie almost because like because of how grotesque everything is like you said like when you get when you first see the first murder and it's gluttony Mm -hmm. and the person like the way that the body looks with all like the blue veins and he's pale and he's just so large you ever play uh left for dead uh yes he looks like a boomer yeah (laughs) kind of yeah yeah um so you know, similar to like it is, it's basically just like a kind of like a horror movie, mm-hmm. but it in in a detective world. Absolutely, and I think that's like a really interesting kind of like combination, um, because again, this movie is very dark, like yes. very very dark. It doesn't shy away from how fucked up everything is. No, and even all. so, Lust. Yeah, that one. Yeah, of the- that one is probably. My favorite
1: out of all of them—the guy getting the razor blade dildo—yeah, because because of
0: just how fucked up it is. Yeah, like because I'm in, like I've I've said this, I've said this that like I really like gore, like Mm -hmm. in movies. I don't know why. There's just something about I love just I I, some I like over the top gore, and I like and I like gore when it's done very like realistically. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't see what happened in Lust, but the imagery that like is painted for you yeah i mean it's it's absolutely insane with yeah i mean he literally has like a the guy has like a strap on that at the end of it has like a huge fucking knife Mm -hmm. basically and he john doe forces this man to have sex with this prostitute and and rips her up inside and kills her yeah it's it's probably the most disturbing thing but it's my favorite out of all of the all of the deaths because
1: you're literally just coming in at the aftermath of it yeah yeah, it's, I, it, it's just so rough. Uh, I think it's time to talk about the ending, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. So my girlfriend. So my girlfriend didn't like my girlfriend. Under she she knew mm-hmm. the the phrase like what's in the box, but never actually like saw the movie and didn't know like what movie it was from. And she didn't know that Kevin Spacey was like the like I think Jess's first introduction to Kevin Spacey like truly, which ironically was um, I think it was American Beauty. I was gonna say, and and like when when uh, when John Doe reveals himself, she just like looks at me and she's like, "Why does Kevin Spacey always play like the weird guy?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, a he is a he is a weird guy yes. in real life, and b he's just so fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. Like he's just the best at it." And yeah, I mean, when you get to the ending of What's in the Box, she was a little disappointed that they didn't show Gwyneth Paltrow's head.
1: I would I would have loved to <sighs> see it. Almost like what they did with um, *Hereditary* with showing the head. Yeah. If even so, like just show me like a li- like show me the hair. Something. Something yeah. to really like seal the deal of. Yeah. This is Tracy. Yeah,
0: because it, I, it is one of those, like, situations where if you're not paying attention, mm-hmm. because he kind of just says, like, I took a souvenir home, yeah. her pretty little head, and, like, that's kind of it. So, like, if you, if you, like, aren't fully paying attention and you miss that, then you don't ever, then you wouldn't know what was in the box.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why, too, like, I think it's incredibly smart and incredibly impactful that you have it where John Doe is killing all these people, like, by the seven deadly sins, and... John Doe himself is envy. Right. And you have it where it's like he says, like, you know, I was envious of your life. And like, I went to your house and tried to play husband. And when she didn't like that, I, I stepped out of line. Yeah, And to coast Mills into becoming Wrath. Yeah. Like, it's such a disturbing and creative way that Fincher did this. Because he made the hero the villain by the end of this, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and and you have th- you know the amazing scene of the delivery guy coming because it's fucking intense. Like, yes, when you get to, to the desert, it's just like nail biting because it's just like oh my god, like what the fuck is gonna happen? They're in the middle of nowhere, and I think that that's also that that the scene plays. So well because they're just in such a big, bright, open desert that like, there there is nothing to hide. You know what I mean? But you're still just like, what can possibly happen? Like something is gonna pop out. Like something is just there's gotta there's gotta be something that's gonna happen here. And then you have the delivery truck coming down the road like hightailing it. Yeah. And then you have Morgan Freeman like fucking running and. And it's just intense, like. And then he, you know, he tells the guy to like go away and whatever. He like leaves the box and he opens it, and it's revealed that it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Um, I mean, it's just, it's the best. It really, really is
1: just like, oh my god, like this is. It's c- you it's know one of the best endings in a film. It, I think so. I really I, do. I, I really it do it think has so. To be top ten, and, and it
0: and it's one of those movies that if it wasn't this. And, and it wasn't done, like, so well. This movie, I think, really could have fell flat on its face. Yeah. Because, like, you're building up to this moment, like, so intensely that if, it, if this wasn't the payoff, the whole movie wouldn't have been worth it.
1: Especially, too, with John Doe turning himself in, because that took the whole... Pretty much the entire climactic scene out of it of trying to yeah, catch him. Yeah, because you, you're, so, you're,
0: you're following these detectives, and you're like, we need to catch this guy. Yeah. And then he just gives himself up, and you're just like, oh, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so like, like you said,
1: like, had they not delivered on the ending, yeah. it would have just been like, oh, they caught him. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it, because yeah, yeah, he gave himself it, up.
0: Exactly. So, like, they they really, I think, like, hit it out of the park with this ending. I mean, it's just so amazing, and it's so iconic. Yeah. It, um,
1: I, I can't say enough good things about this film. Yeah,
0: and then... You know, when you have, like, the Brad Pitt bouncing back and forth between should I shoot him, should I not, and Morgan yes. Freeman's trying to, like, talk him out of it, like, like don't do it because if you do this, he wins. He wants you to kill him. He is the seventh sin. Like, he is envy. Like, do not do this. We need... And, you know, it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, real... The only way John Doe would lose is if he if he isn't killed yes. and and goes to prison and then just has to live his life out in prison,
1: but... In a way, he still wins no matter what. In
0: know yeah, in a way, he wins no matter what because he still did everything. You yeah. know, like he killed out all the people that he wanted to kill, and 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 he fucked up Brad Pitt's whole life. Like Brad Pitt's wife is now gone, and also she was pregnant with their kid that he wasn't even aware of until John Doe told him.
1: Yeah,
0: it's insane. It's really dark. Like this movie again is like it's not like a, a light detective movie at all. <laughs> no. Like this movie has some heavy fucking themes. Um, but yeah, I mean, when Brad Pitt decides to shoot him, mm-hmm. I like that they don't make, they don't like, it's not like Gus, like it's not Gussie at all. Like it's just, he shoots him in the head, John Doe drops yeah. and that's it. And, and then they just cut to basically like him in the police car Uh, in the police car getting taken away yeah yeah because
1: it's not so much that like he's getting arrested for it. it's more of just like they need to they need to just take care of him and bring him home yeah
0: exactly and i mean you just you could tell that his life is just completely in shambles now like i don't know how somebody recovers from that yeah no i don't
1: i don't i definitely don't think that he can go back to being a cop at this or a detective at this point no
0: there's just no way like it's it's over like the man's life is is over and it's 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 a weird feeling when, when the bad, when the bad guy wins, yeah. especially in this movie, because it's realistic. Yeah. Cause and that's, that's like, thing. I think the most disturbing part and like the most uneasy part is just how realistic this movie is. And by the end of it, when, when, when he's the winner, the bad guy's the winner, it's like, fuck.
1: Because we have like in society, we're brought up to believe that, you know, the hero always wins. Yeah. Like no matter what, like. They might face tribulations, but the end the hero wins. Yeah. And this is a point where the villain is the winner of it all. And like in all aspects. Yes. Like, there's like, nothing about it that, that that he loses in. Exactly. Like he has covered every base. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's realistic because there are times in life where the villain wins and there's nothing that anybody can do about it. Yeah. And it really just showcases like what society can be like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a dark movie, and um, I think that it's it's a it's a good film to watch for uh, character development for for if you're a horror fan. I think you, I think there's something to be to like about it if you're just like a true crime fan you're gonna there's something that, that I mean that's what this is like yeah. it's a true crime basically like it's a wet dream for a true crime enthusiast and it's got a great cast it's got a really great cast it's got a questionable performance from Brad Pitt but <laughs> a little bit overall uh, I mean it's just such an iconic film you know I mean there's there's no other movie like it and again Kevin Spacey as John Doe will forever be in my opinion like one of the best performances at, for of a villain absolutely I think I just, I really just wish things went differently for Kevin Spacey I know. because I re, I just like him so much as an actor. I know, and I haven't seen House of Cards, but I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Same thing. Yeah, I, I really, I want to watch that. Um, so yeah, that is Fincher's Seven.
1: Do you have a favorite um, Seven Deadly Sin? I said my favorite was the. No, no, I mean just in general. Oh, in not general. With
0: movie. Um, I think sloth is my favorite. Because I am <laughs> no, I feel like I'm actually anything but lazy. I'm always doing
1: something. I feel like I'm sloth. <laughs>
0: yeah, if you had a if you if, if you had I a, had to pick
1: one, I'm sloth. You're a sloth, yeah. But you, I like pride the best. I like pride the best too. Yeah, because um, it's so weird just to be like confident, and yeah. that's a sin. Yeah,
0: it's just it's it's strange. They, they are kind of strange, and because you in really have to ways. like
1: fucking go the straight and narrow. Yeah. by this, like in Catholicism. Like you have to go the straight and narrow to not hit any of these. Yeah. So like you can't be you you can't assume that like you're gonna make a lot of money. Yep. And you can't be greedy of like holding on to it. Yeah. You can't eat too much. Yeah. You can't feel good about what you are. Nope. You can't feel like you wanna you wanna have something that somebody else has. Yeah. You can't be angry.
0: It's just it's such a bizarre yeah thing. I don't know why they I don't I don't know it's just so strange
1: yeah. But I like them as like. An idea, yeah, 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 it's for sure. Cool I mean, like Dante's
0: Inferno. I like, I love, oh. I love that book like so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if anybody is interested in reading Dante's Inferno, I, I encourage you to get like the like the the modern text version yes. because it's so hard to read. Yeah, the one in, that you picked up at like yeah, Barnes and Noble. That one's t- that's a tough read for sure, <laughs> but there's something about it that I like that I like, I think, I don't know. Cause I'm such like a purist with things. So like, mm-hmm. I think that like having like the original text is just something that's such, it's such a Frank thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh. But, that's you. but yeah, exactly. So I think that um, if, if you are interested in reading, I I think Dante's Inferno is a, it's a basically a, a horror book. Mm-hmm. I mean the, the descriptions of, of the people and what's going on and how they're being tortured is fucking horrific, but it's just so engaging. It's, it's, it's really, really. It's it's a really good book.
1: And I think the the artistry of it is done by Gustav Dahl. Yeah, who and has who. created some of the craziest and most descriptive pictures I've ever seen for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. The imagery in that bu- in in the in the, uh, in the book is just beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it really is. It's it's beautiful uh, artwork. Is that your recommendation, though? No, actually. Oh, okay. Um, It's been a few, probably a few podcasts since I've recommended a piece of music, Mm -hmm. so I want to do that. Um, I think I've already spoken about the band before, but... I am just like going down a rabbit hole that I've just. It was an unfore, It was just unforeseen. Like I just was like, yeah, hey, I like them. Like I like them a lot, actually. And then all of a sudden, now I'm just like, I fucking love them. Like ah, oh! <laughs> like scratching my skin. I'm like, god damn it, I need more. When's <laughs> <It's> another album? <laughs> yeah, um, and that's Radiohead. Oh, um, okay, yeah. I I I don't know if like you have ever like given Radiohead like a real real chance, but in tr- my I opinion, tried. um, I think they're becoming like one of my favorite bands. Like. Mm ever like just 100% like I think Tom York his the lyrics that he writes are beautiful and he makes albums that are so for me like they are just like they're exactly they're the type tailored of music, just to you <laughs> Taylor just for me like every time he releases an album he's like Frank what do you think about this and I'm like it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> no don't do a thing else different <laughs> um no but like really he's got like I, I like I, I really like slower type of I mean I like all types of music but um you know, like he's, they got like this rock and roll, but then they also just like. You, you, they have like amazing jams and really great grooves and then all, and then all of a sudden they just like slow it down mm-hmm. and then like like their albums are like the way that they flow are just beautiful um specifically i mean i know that like the radiohead enthusiasts and, and whatever they they all agree that okay computer is mm-hmm. like the greatest radiohead album ever and that might be true maybe that is their best album but that doesn't mean that it's my favorite mm-hmm. um i think my favorite is an album called in rainbows I think from start to finish. Like I know how you were talking about Hendrix and how like his, uh, what was it? Purple? Are you experienced yeah, the yeah, first uh, album? You said that like that's like a flawless album, like from start to finish. There's no like tracks that you want to skip. And for me, that's in rainbows. Mm-hmm. Um, in rainbows from start to finish is just track after track after track is just amazing. Um, and I mean Tom York singing is just it's the best. Uh, and I don't know. I think that Radiohead. I mean I think they already. Probably are, but mm-hmm. I think they're going to go down in history as like one of the greatest bands to ever exist. Um, so that's it. Radiohead I've, in rainbows.
1: I've heard nothing but good things about they're, them, they're and the I best. I tried to check it out, and like I don't know if it was the album that I picked, but like it just wasn't for me. But I'm I'm gonna try and like- there's
0: there's definitely some albums like that are not there are. I feel like they released a few albums like there's a, like an album called like the King of Limbs and stuff like that that are like. Are like very clearly unfinished albums. Like mm-hmm. it seems like they were like rushed out or whatever it was, but like they're just not finished albums. But okay, computer in rainbows, a moon shaped pool. I think there's those are like probably the three best albums that they have. Um, so I, I would recommend those three. But you gotta you gotta really be like in the mood for a moon shaped pool because it's like their most slow. It's it's a it's a it's a depressing album. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like a. I think a, that's the one that I checked out. It's not an album that you like turn on to be like. That's definitely not like an introduction album at all. But like, I, I would recommend either In Rainbows or OK Computer for like your first Radiohead album. Um. So yeah, that's it. All right, Zach. What movie are we doing next?
1: Oh, Frank. No oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't like Tusk. Yeah. Beforehand, so i I'm, I'm gonna fix it a little bit. So next episode, we're gonna be doing The Wrestler. Oh yeah, with Mickey Rourke. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Um, Darren Aronofsky. Yes. Yeah, I love Aronofsky. Cool. Great. I knew maybe, I'd win. Maybe back. I'll choose an Ar- another Aronofsky film, and we'll mm. just do we'll just do a week an a- Aronofsky week. Yeah, an Aronofsky <laughs> week. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll do Black Swan. Oh, or maybe we'll yes. do Requiem for a Dream. I don't know. Oh, Have you God. ever seen Requiem for yeah. a Dream? I think we're going to do Record for a Dream. That <gasps> movie, you want to talk about disturbing. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, boy. I'm going to try and get
1: Jess to watch that one with yeah. me. Yeah. Um,
0: all right, cool. So now you know what the two movies that we're going to be doing. Mm. Um, we'll say it in the next episode anyway. Anyway, so. yeah,
1: just to keep you guys in the uh, up to date. But
0: All right, Zach, take us out.
1: All right, guys, thank you for listening. Now, Frank,
0: what's in the box? What's in the fucking box?